I didn't choose to fall in love with Chidi because some all-knowing demon, you, brought us together and scripted our lives. That's ridiculous. I didn't make you kiss Chidi by that lake. You kinda did. You orchestrated the whole pet day thing, manipulated us into choosing specific animals, made my lizard run away, which led to Chidi coming to help me find it, which led to us kissing, which led to us falling in love. None of that was my choice. Everything in my life has been determined by my upbringing, my genetics, or my environment. And everything in my afterlife was determined by you. There is no such thing as free will. <clears throat> We're closing up soon, guys. Yeah, can we just have 15 minutes? We're kind of in the middle of something. I'd take off if I were you. Second we close, they use this place to shoot pornos. Steven, I kind of brought this up on the pre-show that we just did earlier today. Mm -hmm. I have brought with me today a new member of the Can't Disappoint Podcasts family. Our twosome, after years of developing this podcasting duo, is becoming a threesome. Much like wow. Mindy St. Clair wanted with Chidi and Eleanor, I'm saying it. yes. I'd be down for We're any combination of that. Slip me in. I've been feeling for a long time now, especially on this show, Into the Time Knife, you know, mm -hmm. you've got your little anime figure that you put on display, a different anime figure every single episode of the Dude, show. What are you working with today? Uh, this week I've got our favorite, best girl. That's Ed. We love Ed. Radical Edward. That's a good one. Thank you. As well as a uh, little Ayn. Little Brokeback Bebop, wherever you mm -hmm. find your podcasts, yeah, plug, shout out. So I feel left out because you always have a thing. And sure, I have like stuff on my wall, but so do yeah. you. I also need a thing that is displayed on every Are episode you of our Michael podcast. Michael J. Fox is not enough. So I'd like to introduce you to the third member of Can't Disappoint Podcasts. It's been given a name. We're going to talk about that next. This is mm -hmm. Gooby the Taxidermied Shark. Wow. Is that like a... It's creepy yeah. as shit. It's got like a hole in its chest. Oh there are my drops God. of coagulated blood in this. Uh, one of Lil's friends was like, I got you a taxidermied shark and gave us this. And the second we received it and I saw it and how weird and gross <laughs> yeah. and creepy it is. Let's look at that. Wow. I thought that has to be a piece of the podcast set. It just has that to That is... You know, Zach, it's I also don't know labeled in case think. you forget <laughs> what, what's in it. <laughs> That's the best fucking part of it. I've been warned Shark. many times to be deeply careful with this jar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to very much not shatter, unscrew, break. <laughs> to do any type of anything with this jar, really. I um, like so, it. Look, you see, we, we got a good tail view here. I can oh. see his, like, up here. It's tail. Is that attached? Look... Oh, I thought that was like a separate fish in case he got hungry. No, it's it like it's a little too big for the jar. That's its tail. Yeah. Wow. So I'm really sorry that I showed that to you guys. This is a deeply Zach Pruitt can't disappoint a podcast thing for me. Uh, let's talk about the name. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place where you watch. I'm Zach. And I am more and more every day deeply terrified by sea creatures. Does this make it worse? That started the fear. I was fine. Do you hate today. this? You hate now, this, don't you? It's, I, here's, here's my question. I'm Steven. I said that already. Was that the question? Yes. I agree. Why? You are Steven. Yeah. What does it say about uh -huh. either the friend or Lil that, that they would see that and be like, you know what? You know who would love this? Taxidermy My shark? life partner, Lil. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you think it's more says more about the friend or more it's about a Lil? weird friend that knows that lil likes to have weird stuff mm-hmm. and when we got this lil texted me and was like this is weird for me too uh-huh i would never buy this but this is the type of thing that i love having strangely I think gifted it's, it's and it so weird that it's perfect. Yes, that I completely agree. Let's talk about it. It was gifted the name Gooby, I think, by the friend that gave it to Lil. Lil is very stuck on this name, thinks we should keep it Gooby. But since it's the new, uh, well, two things. Since it's the sidekick of the podcast now, mm-hmm. since it's a number three, I feel like our listening audience should have a say in that. Whether the name Do you remains sleep with, with, with the Goob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in that's why guys, it's gonna be or, or is it really bad you? if the jar breaks. It's gonna be a big mess, <laughs> uh, and the broken glass really is what I'm question, most worried Zach, about. Yeah. What would your reaction be if something happened and you accidentally touched that shark, like skin to to scale? Do you think you'd throw up? No, I would open that and touch it right now. I'm not going to because what I'm really deeply afraid of is that getting anywhere other than jar. Yeah, the second if, I if that oh, shark juice touches yeah, your carpet, you yeah. gotta rip that shit. We up. gotta move today. Yeah, <laughs> shark juice does not exactly. come out. That's why coagulated. I do it. But no, I'm not that weirded out by it. I would probably touch it. I'm more weirded out by whatever it's floating in. Yeah, that's so. Anyway, Gooby's the name. I want you guys to let us know if we should keep the name Gooby. If we could switch it up. If you have an idea for a different name, I kind of like the idea of calling it Lizard, Mm -hmm. inspired by today's episode of the Good Place we're about to talk about. Because this isn't a taxidermy shark podcast. It is still a Good Place podcast. We'll get there in a second. Taxidermy Shark Cast coming next month. But my second thought with the name is that Gooby is just a terrible, awful name. I hate it. I don't have any attachment to the name. I respect that it was gifted by a friend and it had to be. But, like, if you adopt a puppy and the puppy's name is Hitler, you're going to change the fucking name. Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on how old Hitler is. Like a puppy. It's a puppy. Yeah, if it's a puppy uh, and they say, you can have this puppy for free that would normally go for thousands, but we're really stuck on Hitler, I'd say, oh, yeah, Hitler all day. Like if and then I... I'd take it home and I'd change its name to something inoffensive like Stalin or if, Putin. If you find a baby in a garbage can and you got to keep that baby, there's like a, a sticky note to it that says like orange chicken. You're going to change the baby's name to something respectable like General So. Well, and this is true in an interesting fact that I've learned. It's not so easily said because taxidermied sharks are proven to stick way closer to their name and hold that very close to them, much (laughs) more than a human child would. Do do they answer to it? (laughs) Instantly. They don't really answer to much, no. I I have trouble getting (laughs) them to to say a whole lot of anything. What are your thoughts on taxidermy, Zach? I think we talked about hunting. I don't like it. It's creepy. It's weird. (laughs) Don't do it. When things are dead, it's okay to leave them dead. You have pictures of them when they were alive. I do not understand... If I was a hunter and I wanted, like, my prize buck on the wall, that's still weird. And you want your a... prize shark in a jar, you would display it proudly over your That's still a weird thing, mantle. but that's, like, the only time when I can see the thread that would allow someone to taxidermy something because it's, like, a trophy. However, did you just have, like, something weird to do that as furniture? Shit. Who was like, hey, I know that our, over here to blow my nose. our coyote died. I'm assuming that that's what they kept as pets when taxidermy was invented. But don't worry. I took the dead body and I filled it with some shit so that we can sit it in our living room all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, taxidermy it's maybe not it was like a spiritual thing. Maybe there's things. a spiritual basis into it. And now it's just like a weird touristy furniture yeah. thing. Like we don't do that with people. Oh, you don't? I don't. 
Ugh. Is that just like a race barrier? You might want to take a look at your will that you let me sign. <laughs> I want you to put my taxidermy body in a chair and do a podcast with it every week. If you want to receive my fortune, that's what you got to do. How's your week been, Zach? I'll bring us back in. So that's the Gooby Talk. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. We've got to start out. You didn't like the show. my bring in? No, we got to talk about the patrons. Oh my god. Of course, we couldn't start the show without talking about our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We Those got Gooby. Are, we got Shalubi. Of course. We got Gutbo. Aside we from Shuckman and Lava We got Girl. Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier. Lil S. Haker and Sarah M. Thank you very much to all of those people for supporting the show. We couldn't do it without you. And yeah, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Get your pre-show. Get your exclusive Brokeback Bebop access. Get your early access of this. Get the Basement Are That 70s Show Rewatch podcast. It's all happening all over on Patreon. New stuff every week, multiple times every week at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, how was your week? It was a good week, but I have a name suggestion. Oh, okay. I think we should name the shark Taylor Dooley. Why? That's the actress that played Lava Girl in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> I like lamp, that. Like I want to raise lamp. you Dooley. I like Dooley. I'm fine with Dooley. I think Dooley is also that bit in It's Always Sunny when they're like trying to hang out with their bros from back in the day. Like, Dooley, oh, Dooley. Uh, Dooley. Dooley died. Dooley's dead. I think Dooley's that was dead. also Dooley. And yeah, Dooley is I, I like Dooley. I like Dooley. Yeah. Dooley's better than fucking Goopy or yeah, whatever Yeah, we got the Goopy. Well, I'll give it this. I'm sure that it is Goopy in there. Oh, Gooby was the name, not even Goopy. Oh, Gooby. Goopy is much better. Is Goopy like a... Goopy. Like a I think Goopy slur? would be better. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we picked it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured out what for yet, but when I do... I'm going to use it a lot. There's going to be a community. I'm just going to yell at us. every place that I go to order food and see who spits in it the most. So do you want to talk about your week or was it just Gooby all the way down this week? My week was good. I got to okay. come to Indiana, which is not yes. great usually, but it was my sister's birthday. So I got to go visit her. I got to see you and yes. hang out a little bit. Uh, I played golf for the first time. In your life. In my life. That was fun. And How then did you I, do? What do you score? And is that good or not? I think I scored a 58 for the day, which for my first time ever playing golf, I don't think is terrible. It wasn't great. And when you say first time ever, you are not exaggerating. You have I'm no not. driving range. You've played mini golf. I've played mini golf and I'm pretty good at it, but I've never like hit Long a real golf, golf ball on a real course or at a driving range for distance. or held a golf club in a way that wasn't just like, you know, sexual. It was a new thing for me, but it was very fun. Got to drive the golf cart down some big hills. Is it really clear from the start of the hole where the hole is? Is it within sight? Not even always? a little bit. That's what I would think. Yeah. That would be tough. I'm just guessing. And you're also just kind of guessing it like, how hard do I hit it? Is that going to make it go far? Is that going to make it go up? Or Yeah, I don't really understand yeah. how all the things work yet. So I was just like, well, in the video game, now I have played maybe 25 hours total of like a PGA golf game. That counts. So I know the names of the different You're going to be the next Gran Turismo. Exactly. Gonna say, we got to from... get this guy in the real golf. <laughs> He's so good at hitting X at the right time. <laughs> but uh, what did fun. I want to ask you? So you said you scored 58, which is mm -hmm. pretty good for your first time. Do yeah. you remember what your friend scored? 
54 Whoa. or 5. Really close. I You made it seem like it wasn't so close by the end of it. That's insanely close. Yeah. For your first time ever. For the first time ever. Pretty close. But it was fun. It was a very good time. I, I would love to golf with you, and I would love even more to strap some GoPros and microphones on us. Mm-hmm. And we uh, milk it for content. Yeah. See if people pay for that. Weird shout out. There's a YouTube channel that's kind of fun. I don't know if you've heard of it. I don't think it'd be something you'd be terribly interested in. But as a concept, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's called Country Club Adjacent. Are these guys that do different drugs and go golf. It's fun. Oh, it's specific that they do different drugs to go golf. I think that's a big part of their thing. Drugs. They did one where three of them like played against Why each would other. You one was on acid. Think that wasn't something was I'd be interested in. That's literally what this and is. One was just high. That was a fun video. And one this was whole drinking. Podcast enterprise is built on what would happen if we did drugs. Yeah, it's it's we a hoot. About it. fun fun guys seems. Well, not mm-hmm. a sponsor, so I'm not going to say check it out. But maybe I will check it out. Yeah. Okay. I'll mention this quickly as a segue to get into The Good Place. I started watching a show that features a main cast member of The Good Place that isn't Kristen Bell, which is always an exciting thing because I don't get to see those wonderful faces. Finally started Cheers, huh? Yes. I didn't know Ted Danson apparently has this really long and storied career outside of The Good Place. (laughs) I'm watching this Peacock original series from a year ago called The Resort, which stars William Jackson Harper who is Chidi. I'm sure you know that if you're listening, but in case you don't. And it stars Kristen Milioti, who was the mother on How I Met Your Mother, along with the opposite lead to Andy Samberg in that movie Palm Springs a year or two ago, which was really fun. You don't know about that either, do you? And it's really good. It's like a Groundhog's Day situation. Oh, cute. And it also stars Skylar Gizondo, or Gizondo, who is one of the internet sweethearts these days. He's really good in the Royal Gemstones. I really like him in that show. Are you, do you mean Sykes, young Sean Spencer? (sighs) Yes, the internet's favorite character. Have you seen Syke? Yeah, I watched the first two seasons and I like it. I'll pick it back up and watch all of it sometime. Syke is great. Yeah, it's good. Dulé Hill. Dulé Hill. Exactly. But The Resort, which stars William Jackson Harper, (laughs) it's this show that's on Peacock, and it's this couple that's kind of out of touch, and they go to this resort for their 10th anniversary, and while they're there, after, like, sustaining an injury, like, in a wooded area, the Mm -hmm. girl, played by Kristen Milioti, finds this old, beat-up cell phone, and kind of becomes obsessed with, like, how can I get it turned on and see what's on it and figure out what's the story of the cell phone, and finds out that it belonged to a boy who went missing in 2007 and starts piecing together this, like, cold case of, of what happened at an adjacent resort that since was destroyed by a hurricane and closed down. It's like a mystery? Yeah, but it's a comedy, too. These two kids go Mm. missing in 2007, and uncannily, a couple days later, there's this huge hurricane that pretty much wipes away all the Mm. evidence. It's not exactly an A-plus for me yet, but it is an interesting concept, and it's really cool to see William Jackson Harper play something other than Cheaty. Is he just as dreamy there, too? More dreamy. Wow. Okay, well, I'm signed up. Yeah. So there's that. That's a little good place alumni spotting sighting whatever we're here to talk about i've got a little bit of william jackson harper spotting going on (laughs) and i do in this episode too i guess he's in this episode for five seconds no he's in a lot of the flashbacks he's in in a decent amount we're here to talk about season three episode eight of the good place it's called chapter 34 the worst possible use of free will when you said last week this was the episode 
I remembered this episode title a lot, but, but I didn't remember, remember how it was used in the episode and when it, how it was, I thought it was quite funny, Zach. I did too. By the title, I didn't remember this episode. And pretty early on, I really remembered this episode uh, mm-hmm. as one from season three when I watched it as it first aired, really stood out. And it was fun to revisit it. This episode was directed by a first-time director and actually an only-time director here on The Good Place named Claire Scanlon. Since we never see her again, I looked at some of her other credits in the directing world. Mm -hmm. And she has done so, so, so many things that I decided, okay, I'm only going to write down the ones that I know well. And it's Mm -hmm. still a long list, so hear this. She's done two episodes of The U.S. Office, four episodes of The Goldbergs, two episodes of The Mindy Project, one episode of Modern Family, three episodes of The Last Man on Earth. I want to highlight this one. Two episodes of a short-lived show called Speechless that was about a family with a- Was it that short-lived? Disabled son. I love that show. It was really, really good and really sweet Mm -hmm. and really funny. Highly recommend checking that out. She did two episodes of that. Was uh, The Love of My Life- Mini Driver. Mini Driver was in that show. The mom. Yeah. She's the mom in that. Love She's really Minnie funny Driver. in that show. Claire Scanlon also has done six episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, three episodes like of Blackish, four episodes of Community alum Allison Bree's Glow on Netflix. Hey, Glow's a good show. Claire Scanlon has done five episodes of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, nice. 10 episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, wow. and more recently, she directed a film that I remember hearing about called The People We Hate at the Wedding. It had Ben Platt in it and like a big uh, I remember hearing cast. that title. Yes. And she's done one episode of the huge monster hit Abbott Elementary. Wow. That's so a hell of a list. A lot of shows that I really like. Her only good place credit, but you can see based off of what she's done before and mm-hmm. since then, why they would be like, okay, we've got to get her in when we can and let her direct this pretty important episode, which she does yeah. a really good job with. And that makes me even appreciate how there are the sequences in this episode that recreate the good place of seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. And she does that very well as if she was around then, but she wasn't. Yeah. So that's the director, Claire Scanlon. This episode was written by Cord Jefferson, who previously wrote the episode Derek, and after this writes one more episode next season, which is called Tinker Taylor Demon Spy. And this episode originally aired on November 8th, 2018. Ooh. So we're getting near the end of 2018. That feels not that long ago. It was five that years long ago. ago. Oh, it's shit. five years ago. It kind of is. That's nuts. I think it's because it was like after I moved to Chicago, it feels really recent. But I guess I've lived here for a while now. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. On November 8th, 2018, we've got a new number one movie in the box office. This is something I saw in theaters twice. Is it spooky? No. It's November. It's a movie that that I saw in the theaters twice. It is made fun of a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a biopic, and it won some Oscars. Is it a... No, that wasn't... That was more than five years ago, wasn't it? The Freddie Mercury one? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was that? Do you remember what it was called? Uh... Yep, that's the title. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it? Did they just make the title the Live Aid concert? Mm-hmm. Fuck. What's it called? It's called Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. Yes. So this movie, I don't know if you're hip to, but a lot of people dunk on this movie because it won the Oscar for best editing. And then there yeah. are several examples in the movie that some of the worst editing I have ever seen. <laughs> it's really bad. It's like 60 cuts in so one minute. So many people told me to watch this movie and I have very little interest. And I like Queen. I like 
the music, but I don't really care to watch this. It's one of those movies that they would have had to absolutely take a shit to mess up something like yeah. a Queen movie. When people already love Queen, they already love Freddie Mercury. They're going to get emotional. They're going to hear the songs. They're going to be happy. And this movie, like, just barely isn't that, you know? It just <laughs> it just barely squeaks it through as yeah. being successful. It's almost a piece of shit. What do you think that means for the ratings, starting with Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I think that initially it probably had higher scores, but I would guess now it's probably balanced out a little bit. I'm going to say the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, for the critics in this is going to be a solid 51. It is higher. Mm, 58. That's really close. It's 60% from the critics on Bohemian Rhapsody. That's fine. Not huge, but a positive score. Now, what do you think the audience feels about it? Do you think they're higher or lower than a 60? Lower. I bet lower. What do you think? 53%, Zach? Final answer. It is higher than the critic score. Wow. I'm going to guess a 62. It is much higher than that. The audience wow, score for it? Bohemian Rhapsody is 85%, which God I feel damn. like tells me a lot about what the audience of Rotten Tomatoes website is made up of. It's a lot yeah. of people that are going to go see that movie. They're going to smile at the Freddie Mercury references. They love the songs. They don't notice the other stuff. Mm. That's fair. Now, the refined taste. Such as us. Yeah. yeah. We can never enjoy something that the masses like. Absolutely Could not. never be us. What about Letterboxd? I translated this to a percentage out of 100. What do you think Letterboxd gave? Letterboxd is a, bit, is, is a bit snobbier, so I'm going to yes. guess that it's a lower score, especially than the audience. I'm going to guess a solid 69. Nice. You are exceptionally close. Ooh. You're just one off. 68. It is 68%, which is higher than the critics, lower than the audience. Still a pretty decent score for a movie that gets memed on a little bit in the film community. Mm -hmm. 68% for Bohemian Rhapsody. We're going to transition to talking about albums. The number one album this week was still the soundtrack to A Star is Born. Wow, just knocking it out. I'm off the deep end. So we're going to talk about the number two. I'm curious if maybe you listen to this album. Hey, wait. I just wanted to get another look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Steven will be pissing himself at a crucial point in the podcast later. <laughs> I wonder if you've listened to this album. It is a collaboration album between two rappers, one of which is no longer alive. But he was alive when this came out. Hmm. Is this Juice World mm-hmm. and... Fuck, which one was it? It's not Lil Uzi Vert. Was it him in Future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the album's called? I did listen to this album. Mm-mm. Don't remember. The what album's it's called, called World, spelled as Juice World, spells his name. Yeah. World on Drugs. Nice. I I liked this album. I was gonna it was ask fun. you enjoyed it. What do you think of Juice World and or Future? I'm gonna answer separately. Juice World, right. like quite a bit. Were you into him while he yeah. was still with us? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was really sad when he passed away. I'd say that was probably the second saddest I've been in my lifetime by a rapper yeah that died behind the smash mouth guy you got it he's the <laughs> number one rapper of all time who's number one uh triple x kobe when he died i was really sad <laughs> was that a bad joke did you say oprah i said kobe <laughs> oh shit he was not on yeah. Shaq's rap songs or run our tests <laughs> they really tried to get him yeah they really tried he said absolutely not 
thoughts on future you don't like i think he's made some really really good music and he's made some really really bad music yeah and it's really funny to me one outweigh the other more good than bad future had a very heavy influence on the sound that hip-hop went that direction in like 2015 with his pivotal album dirty sprite 2 i just fucked your bitch in some gucci flip-flops what do you think people outside of the Stephen Baker experience thought about World on Drugs? We're going to start with Pitchfork. It's out of 10. It is to the 10th. Well, here's what I'll say. Critics post-2016 like Juice World, do not like Future. Okay. So I'm going to say that it's uh, is out of 10. Yes, to the 10th. 4.8. Higher. 5.9. A little bit higher. It's a 6.3. Out of 10. That's fair. For World on Drugs. I wonder if any of that is posthumous reappraisal of work. But I don't think Pitchfork does that. Because Pitchfork, it's always like a big conversation whenever they go back and change their ratings on an album. So probably not, honestly. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Rate Your Music, the people's app, the letterboxed of music. Yes, some posthumous. Usually rate your music, they do it out of five, but I translate mm-hmm. it to out of 10. So usually it's decimals to the hundredth, but this time it's just to the 10th out of 10. That's so overly 7.3. It is much lower. Ooh, 5.1. It is still quite a bit lower than that. I would say at a 4.3 out of 10. Wow. I believe this was like a 2.15 out of Tough. Five. Tough puppy over here. Yeah. You think that's a little harsh? Yeah, a little bit. It's not the best album. But Maybe people fine. really don't like Future. People really don't like Future. He went a little bit more toxic music direction than just doing drug party music direction. Hmm. I don't have any opinion. I don't know if I've ever heard a Future or Juice World song. I guess I probably have. I'm sure you've so. heard. I'm sure they featured on an Eminem song. On an And I'm sure you've heard something by Future. Yeah. Or with future. Well, let's move on from that segment into our next segment, which is one of my favorites. We're going to dive into our conversation of the worst possible use of free will in just a moment. But before we can, we've got to remember what happened in the episode before we really dive into it. And my favorite way of learning what happened in an episode every week is this segment. Did Steven Did watch Steven the episode watch this the week? episode this week? Did I already do that? I don't know. Probably. How many know, ways can you sing that phrase? You've done it 150 yeah, times. Yeah, I try not so. to double up. Really? You keep that much track of how you've said, did Steven watch the episode this week? I think that sometimes you just say it. That 100% of my mental capacity for this recording process is remembering yeah. which I've done. Checking your notes, checking your notes. Fuck, yeah. I did it. Uh, God damn it. I did British this month. <laughs> new accent, new accent, new accent. As always, as I'm sure you know well, mm-hmm. since you put so much effort into the segment, but not into the part that you're graded on. No. The part that doesn't matter That falls to by the wayside. You've got 20 seconds on the clock to let us know everything that happens in this episode. How do you think the odds are stacked against you today? I think there's too much in this one, because even if I shorten things, there's like the whole... I think it's too much this week, Zach. I was thinking about it. I don't know. I think there's Bullshit. like a whole... Bullshit, Steven. I think you can do it. Gooby and I will be watching. Little uh, Dooley. Little Goobster. Yep. Let me get a good... Yep. He's growing <laughs> on me. Why is he... Why <laughs> Why is he built like this? 
Why does he have a fucking hunch? Is he okay? He's built <laughs> no. like the fish. He's in dead and stuff, Steven. No, he's not okay. <laughs> what did you what do you think he's filled with? Or do you think he's just floating in the goo? Well, ever since joining the Pruitt Shaker household, he's filled with love. <laughs> you got twenty seconds on the clock. Gooby mm-hmm. and I will be grading you harshly afterwards. Are you ready? Oof. I didn't know Goobs was involved in this. Yes, yeah, heavily involved. He's the third in the podcast now. Yeah. These podcasts Equal are going to be so much longer because now I've got to hear this guy's you take on the Divert your own place. shares to Gooby. No, he, he will be unpaid. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell him. He doesn't have rights. He's a stuffed shark. Uh, you've got 20 seconds. Are you ready? <sighs> Almost. What's okay. You had to think about the episode for two seconds. I had to center myself. Okay. You're centered? Are we centered? Roughly, not. I don't know because I'm Slightly like off center. That's fine. That's so fine for for what we do here. Yeah. On go. Three, two, one, go. Eleanor wants to see flashbacks so she can see that she learned to love someone. Michael shows her clips from the afterlife where she sees that she and Chidi fell in love. She doesn't believe it because it was all predetermined by Michael. They fight about it. They argue, and she finds that she does have her own free will because Michael pours tea on her head. And then the bad place people make a portal that goes to the real world and go through. Stop. So this is what's going to happen there. Pretty good. I think you could have maybe spent some of that extra time on like pet day or something. Yeah, I truly had no concept of how much time I had left. So I figured I had to shoot the bad place loadout because I didn't want to miss that. My allergies are a hot mess today. Apologies. Do you have any? They said don't take Benadryl anymore. There's better all medicine. Of my sniffies. I don't really take allergy meds. Mm. That's probably it. Yeah, that'll do it. Zach trying to take down Big Pharma one Zyrtec at a time. Bless you. Yes. So I'll definitely cut out all the sounds, but I apologize to those watching. I apologize if my voice is a little stuffly. We're going to make it through. Stuffly? Stuffly. I think you did a good job, even if in a dream scenario, I would have liked you to do more. But I think you did a really good big picture round this week, which is something that you don't do often enough, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to reward that with an A-. minus. Wow, thank you, Zach. I find that when I don't believe in myself, I do the best. Well, that's where you got to get on the Zach Pruitt train of never believing in yourself. Nothing to say about that. No. Oh, come on, buddy. You're great. Believe in yourself. Nothing like that. Really just waiting for a, you know, from a pep talk from the person that, no, really, I'm probably closest to in the world. Um, But no. So how many trivia questions you have this week, Zach? Just silence. Um. Okay, I'll unpack that later. I've got seven. Well, I think I've got 12 this week. Go ahead. Who is the Tostitos Library brought to you by? By GoDaddy.com. Just GoDaddy, no .com, but yeah. But we all know. People in the know know. The GoDaddy himself did it. We've all seen the uncensored online-only version of their Danica Patrick Super Bowl ads. Yeah, very disappointed. Very disappointed, but they sure did get my click. Yeah, twelve year old. Zach, I don't even who find Danica Patrick like doesn't do it for me. Never has. But no, but like, we were boys, and yeah. the TV said go here for naked, so we yeah. did, and there wasn't any. There wasn't any naked. Hella disappointed. Give me another one. What is the title of the Jack Foxworthy book? Ooh, that's tough because I remember that bit. The first time I watched the episode, I laughed pretty hard at that, and mm-hmm. I remember it was. If you take the path less traveled by on your ATV, you might be a redneck. But I don't think I remember the book title. The book title was 
Roses are red, and so is my neck. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Mm, clever. Cute. That's a really good joke because it's really close to something that would almost be a real thing, I bet. Yeah. Two of those. Neither of those were mine, so I'll give you my first one. What does Michael set out on the table before Eleanor receives her first memory? He puts the little, like, bowl. Three things. Mm-hmm. He puts a banana. Mm-hmm. There is a third thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not the earbuds, right? No. It's a really simple household item. Paper towel? Yeah. Hey! Wear bowl, a banana, and paper towel. Whew. Good start. How long did it take Eleanor to recover from the first memory? About 20 minutes? Yeah. What were Chidi's childhood allergies? Is this in your episode? It's not ringing a bell, but that's It's mean when it he first walks episode. up to the dogs and Eleanor says, Aren't you allergic to like everything? And then he goes into his childhood allergies. Not I don't remember that, well, but it might have been. It's pretty funny. Yeah. He was lactose intolerant. Pollen made his throat close. Gluten made his throat open, which was worse for some reason. <laughs> if a pecan touches his skin, his eyelids invert. And if he eats coconut, he pretty much just dies. Oh, my God. That was not in my episode. That's it's pretty funny. funny. It's a good cheaty bit. It's a good cheaty bit. Who does Eleanor call Tommy Quine Quine? Thomas Quail. Now we're looking for St. Thomas Aquinas. I don't think that's right. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just didn't know what the fuck is Thomas Quayle? Please Thomas tell me Quayle. who Thomas Quayle is. Um, everyone knows the great philosopher brother to former Vice President Dan Quayle. Mm-hmm. Thomas Quayle. What pets are available for Cheaty? After the doggies? Yes. There's, I don't remember how long, but there was like a big old python what kind of python? And you got to tell me how long. Length a 19-foot so Burmese python? You're so wrong. Next. a uh, The owl. Uh-huh. One other. And a tarantula squid. Tarantula squid. squid. Tarantula that sounds squid. terrifying. It was a 16-foot albino python. Albino and python. And she goes, nah, immediately to that one. Which, albino's not a species. It's just the color. It'd be like me saying, I've got a 25-pound black dog, a 26-pound white dog, a 12-pound like brown dog. People do say that, though. No, you just say the species. Cocker spaniel. Labrador retriever. I don't know. Fine. I don't care. You've made your Tibetan point. Tibetan Mastiff. Okay. I don't think you go around saying how many pounds your dog is either. <laughs> how many LBs? Check out my 35-pound Lucy <laughs> over here. Well, how I was about, talking about how tall your snake is. schnauzer. That's true. <laughs> in the second memory, how long had they been doing class? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. A month? Three months. That was just a stab in the dark. Good question. Yeah, it's okay. What could Michael use to crush Chidi and Eleanor's love? An elephant. Yes. You think your love will stop you from getting crushed by the an elephant? The literal elephant in the room. hey What is the mirror centaur's name? How did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> did I say how? No, you said... What centaur. is the mirror centaur's name? That's Cent- not how you say <laughs> centaur. You said centaur. Centaur. What the fuck? That's weird. I'll move A-U. on. A-U. Ow. The mirror centaur's name A-U. is... Centaur. Tahanya. 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 Yes. Can I have the subtext as well? The beautiful. The queen... The goddess of beauty. There we go. Nice. <laughs> the queen... 
of pretty horses. Queen Elizabeth II, Tahania, the Didn't she die a year ago? And Stephen famously Famously. uh, Safe travels, best wishes (laughs) to the royals. Number one royal fan, Stephen Baker. What's your t-shirt there? Ah, this is the Body Improvement Club from Mob Never Cycle mind. 100. I think it's my turn to ask a question. What book does Eleanor read about determinism from? Ooh, Philosophy for Dummies? It's a riff off of that. Philosophy for blokes? No, it's Philosophy for Ding Dongs for nice. morons. So if Philosophy for Ding Dongs is too complicated for you, they've got Philosophy for Ding Dongs for morons, the That's more cute. simplified version. That's layered. Nice job. Thanks. <laughs> what is Me the owl's them. name? The yeah. owl's name is Spencer. Spencer. That's really funny. He does not like loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> that part just made me howl because yeah. that's how it would be owls are terrifying yeah and Chidi with the thing on his arm just cowering <laughs> and then there's a really long shot of the owl just staring <laughs> i thought was hilarious <laughs> what was the number of the reboot that has Chidi trapped in a purple space bubble that was one of my questions i believe it's 444 correct what jersey number is the penguin wearing you know i don't in my cut of the episode I remember talk of penguins. I don't remember ever seeing a penguin. There's a whole scene with a penguin. A whole scene with a penguin? Yeah. Is not in my episode. You're fucking me right now. I promise you. We'll go through my thing. There's even a really awkward moment where uh, Jason is in the house in his monk getup as Eleanor and Chidi are talking. And he says, like, it cuts away from them. And he says, come on, Blake. But we never see what Blake is or what yeah, that Yeah, I have the whole ass penguin in my episode. I have the CGI Blake the penguin wearing a number five Blake Bortles That is not walking in around. my episode entirely digital because i would maybe forget the jersey number that was not in mine there was no cgi penguin penguin. in the cut of the episode well 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 interesting watching no i think that's amazing that i'm glad that we found that after last week being the extended version that had a whole subplot that yours didn't have when we get to that part of the episode if you remember you'll have to dive in and tell us what happened i'll talk about the penguin okay I've got one more question for you. How many do you have? Not counting the one that I lost, I've got three. Well, I'll just give you mine so you don't take it. Yeah. What was Eleanor's first concert? This is in the flashback where Michael shows a screen that has, like, all the bad things Eleanor did on it. Mm. But it's not on the screen. He says it out loud. Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, no. Yes, Bare Naked oh, Ladies. Bare-naked. Fuck yeah. What was your second guess? That you were like, no, Red no, no. Red Hot no. Chili Peppers. Oh, we have. That's Jason. Yeah. Because that was one of the seasonal one questions. Have you mm-hmm. ever purchased a ticket to go see? That's all my trivia. Give me some nice. rapid fire. What did Michael think made him look classy? The French cut shirt. Is that what it's called? French cut? French, French cuff shirts. French cuff. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? I said French cut, like the green yeah. beans. That's okay. okay. That's okay. I'll take it. Since you don't use these subtitles. Yeah, I don't really get down with green beans. You don't like green beans? I like green yeah, they're beans. they're fine. I'm a broccoli boy. Broccoli's good. Like, if I have an option of vegetable, I'll pick broccoli every time. Mm. Are you usually a single vegetable type person? Do you like a mixed green situation? Uh, It depends on the meal, you know? Mm. But I'll probably usually go a... (laughs) Since we're asking, since we're getting into the real Mm -hmm. shit today... (laughs) 
<laughs> now the Gooby's on board. Yeah. Wait, sorry, Dooley. Dooley. I would usually go with the vegetable and a like starchy side, like a sure, mashed a potato. potatoes or mm. casserole. <laughs> Casseroles, not. <laughs> okay. We clearly not... go to different restaurants. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like. I got my veggies. I got yeah. my. When I'm ordering, I'll, I'll get something casserole. reasonable. I'll have my veggie. I'll take the broccoli cheddar blast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. give me casserole, please. On the menu, it just says. What's just the casserole. casserole of the day? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a casserolier that oh, can maybe shrimp. recommend? That sounds foreign. I'll have a bite. <laughs> uh, what does it say on the wall in Reboot 445? Welcome. Everything is okay. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And then, what did Jason get from first class? He stole the vest, like the inflation vest. Mm-hmm. He also got peanuts. He got drinks. Is that what he says? I don't remember the rest of it. I mainly he remember says I got vest. a shaving kit, an yes. eye mask, <laughs> and a vest. <laughs> Blows it up. That's mm-hmm. funny. Still you, buddy. That's all I got. That's all the trivia. You did better than me, but we both did okay. Hey, Zach. Good job, buddy. Thank you. I needed your validation earlier when you refused mm-hmm. to get I'm like okay. Nanny McPhee. When you want it, you're not going to get it. But when you don't want it, but you need it, I will be there to provide. Do you I like the Nanny if... McPhee movies? I saw the first one. It was the one of the few one movies I saw themed. in theaters with both of my parents. We wow. all went out. The Did your dad cry at the end of Nanny McPhee? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't capable of doing anything like that. And now as I get older, I'm starting to fear maybe I am too. <laughs> <laughs> Nanny McPhee. I wonder what that Rotten Tomatoes score is. Well, if it came out the same week, well, I, I don't know if Nanny McPhee would have been number one at the box office. But if it's one of those weeks where we get to number four, maybe it'll be a haunted Halloween type situation. Yeah. Let's talk about this episode of The Good Place. I remember mere... Weeks ago, I don't know if you'll remember this, but a young vulnerable boy named Stephen Baker said to me, if the rest of season three is so good, will it discount the doldrums of the first part of season three? Mm -hmm. And I said no. Based off of last week and this week, I am much, much closer to a yes. Because as I see it now... It was kind of just one episode that I didn't like that much. Uh-huh. And I stand by it. I feel the same way about that one was episode. It the Trevor one or the one after that? No, the Donkey Doug episode. Oh, you hate Donkey Doug. I think the first part of the season is fine. Uh, I don't like Donkey the Donkey Doug, Doug. That episode that much. But then Jeremy Barramy and now these last two episodes, including this one we're about to talk about, I think are fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think it's been a nice swing to the season. And Donkey Doug doesn't even bother me that much as an episode. I felt it dragging a little bit because I like Trevor less than you like Trevor. Right. I think season three suffers at the beginning because it doesn't get the courtesy of starting itself off. Mm-hmm. Season two ends you with said that so many times. what you, I stand how, by. You think so much would be different if they just made the last half of the season two finale the first part of this season. Right? I do. I stand by that. I think that that hurts the show at the beginning of this season. But I do think that it's found its stride. I think that it's found its its compass direction that it's pointing. And I think that it did a great job of letting us stop off for a moment this week after two episodes that were like, well, Jeremy Baramy, incredible. 
But even that episode, it really is much more about the good deeds that they do on Earth than it is about yeah. the universe of it all. I think this episode smartly takes it. Okay, we helped Jason's dad. We helped Elnor's mom, mom is good. Tahani's sister. Tahani and her sister are good. And instead of saying, okay, now we're going to do a cheaty thing because there's not really a... Do they do a cheaty thing? We talked about that last week. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that I'm they starting do. to think no. But instead of like just running off to the next grand thing or saying, okay, we saved the world, we get a moment to reflect on a moment from last week that was almost a throwaway at the end of the episode where Michael's like, well, you did fall in love See, once. I don't think that was almost a throwaway at all. I think that was a huge catalyst. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll abstained. Redacted. Redacted. Ah, cut it. Cut it out. Family Feud X shows. <laughs> uh, but but it was it was not the main focus of last week's episode. No. Right? She it was a fear came to a head. I it was a big thing. But they take time to say, okay, Eleanor wants to know about this. She wouldn't just say, okay, whatever, I'll forget about it until we're in the middle of our next adventure. She's like, Michael, like you got to tell me now. I went my whole life feeling that I would never get this, and you're telling me that sometime in the afterlife with somebody that I've actually met. I felt this way. And I think that it opens the door for what they're going to do. I think in the next episode, maybe the next one, everyone else gets their memories back too. But I think it, it creates some interesting questions and dynamics and it makes me excited for the things that are to happen. But I also really think that they take a thoughtful look at it this week. And it was really kind of fun seeing things that we saw around or we saw like mm. certain moments, but not all the details. And it really made me happy to kind of go back to the good place of like you said, a season one and two, where we're getting this different version of Eleanor and Chi than we have now, but it's the version that we've spent much or more time with. Or to see evil Michael again, and how yeah. effortlessly Ted Danson slips right into the oh, like the uh, <laughs> of it all. I love it. I think this is a really good episode. I think this episode is this season's dance dance resolution. Wow. Because it's kind of a clip show of clips we haven't seen before that fit in perfectly with what we know to be true. It's not as strong as Dance Dance Resolution, but this season isn't as strong as season two. Sure. I do think this is a hugely important episode that does something really smart and nice by centering it around one of the most important relationships in this whole show that we haven't seen a lot of in this version of these characters in season three, which is Michael and Eleanor. I mm -hmm. think they get a lot of great time together and... As much as I might favor some of the other actors on the show to like your Kristen Bell, but it's because she's so perfect and good all the time that it's not interesting anymore. This show, this episode reminds you that these are like the two most dynamic performers on this yeah. cast. And sure, there are all of these flashbacks and we get kind of a lost episode from season one a little bit with the pet day thing which works really well but mm -hmm. at the center of this episode it's ted danson and Kristen bell on opposite sides of a table and that is so excellent and dynamic and powerful to watch whether they're against each other or whether they're arguing the different sides of philosophy i think this is a really good episode i think it's a really solid episode and it brings eleanor back to the main character status of the show mm -hmm. i think it is probably my number two of the season so far just a hair behind jeremy Barry. maybe even above honestly wow i think this episode is that good i think it's tough because i really like last week's episode i really like jeremy Barry. but i think that this episode reminds us like you said of the relationship that Eleanor and Michael have but Michael has not 
lost any part of that relationship. He still no. has all the time, all the Some energy, really strong all the moments work the together that. Yeah. that he and Eleanor formed over the hundreds of hundreds of reboots. Eleanor now starts to get some of that information and starts to regain those memories and those feelings of, wow, Michael and I were like best buds. Like they were a team. They helped each other grow more than any, you know, symbiotic growth relationship. Yeah. Honorable mentioning Cheedy growing his assertiveness and decisiveness when he and Eleanor were together and were a team. But we really get to see Eleanor start to be able to play that a little bit more. And I think that it, the show is better when Eleanor and Michael do have that camaraderie and that understanding, because they can be more honest with each other than they feel like they can be with any other person. And, and whether that important. means they are on the same side of an issue or on opposite sides mm-hmm. of the issue, it's very dynamic either way. I think this is a great episode. It gives me a lot of what I've been waiting for this season. It yeah. brings the bad guys crashing back in. I don't know if it's as satisfying as I wanted it to be, but it's really nice to finally see, no, they've been working on something big, mm-hmm. and now it's time for them to take their step back into the story. Because you mentioned a couple weeks ago, you're like, I give me something, some mention. Donkey Dog, I think would have been yeah. a better episode if there was some because it was the first of these episodes Mm -hmm. and it would have been nice to have something like we haven't forgotten we're still here working on something maybe even now that we know the something was a portal to earth it could have been like someone coming to sean with like blueprints and we don't know what it is but it's this idea that can change everything and put them back on top and then we cut away from that for a few episodes until the end of this one where we see them come through the portal that's what i I would have even taken they have a version one of the portal and and a no-name demon tries to walk through it as a test dummy and they just turn to soup or like they disappear or something like that or they end up in like the wrong universe i I would have taken that that'd be funny yeah let's get into the episode let's do it we start in arizona at tostitos presents a public library brought to you by GoDaddy, which is so (laughs) funny and it's such a specific joke and you could totally miss it yeah it's really funny it's the big sign on the outside of the library i think this arizona library is great it's really funny there's some really funny really specific jokes that make me laugh really hard that are because of the setting they take it really far in ways that are really satisfying i think I've liked that this season starts with more shot of a location cut to inside the location versus starting with either a recap or things like hmm. that. I feel like this season has has changed that yeah. compared to the this last season. This is an episode bit. that could have used a recap and instead it's just stuffed with the new mm-hmm. information. I like that too. So they're in this library. All they have in the poetry section is Jeff Boxworthy poetry books. But they've decided that, okay, they needed a deserted place to talk through all of this otherworldly stuff while everyone else is off for a few more hours. And what would be more perfect than the deserted Arizona GoDaddy <laughs> library? Exactly. Eleanor wants to go through her memories. She wants to get all of her memories back. And Michael, from the beginning, is really warning her that this is dangerous. Can't I just explain it to you? Can't you just take my word that you and Chidi loved each other? But of course, no. And you mentioned earlier... Not only does Eleanor feel, well, I'm entitled to this information because I never thought this could happen to me before. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I'm entitled to this information because these are my thoughts that somehow you have access to them before me, and that's not acceptable. It doesn't matter how painful it is. These are things that I went through, and I should have access to them. So she needs to see it for herself. She can't take Michael's word. She wants to see what happens. She wants her memories back. So they take a seat at this table. And Michael starts explaining, well, we're on Earth, so we kind of have to improvise. I can't just wave my hand and everything's suddenly back. Mm -hmm. We have to do something else. And it brings back the 
If anything, it makes the Donkey Doug cheaty plot line a little better because these earpieces will come back as a way to link the good place world with the real world. And Mm -hmm. they're brought back here satisfyingly and they don't have to explain why it's working. It's a record that Janet has that's been turned into like a simulation kind of thing that Eleanor can watch and access her memories. I think that works pretty well. Yeah. Eleanor puts the devices in her ear and Michael starts setting out the cup and the banana and the paper towel. What are those for? You'll see. Well, (laughs) let's start with this little three second memory. And we get just a snippet of Eleanor and Chidi. And immediately it's nice to see. You're like, oh, that's the good Mm -hmm. place. Oh, there's all the signs in the background. Oh, man, that's Vicky. We haven't seen Vicky in forever. Fucking Bamba Bamba John. John. Where has he been? So Eleanor and Chidi say hello to Vicky and Bamba John as they walk past them. And then immediately Eleanor starts scoffing at them after they leave. And that's it. That's the mm-hmm. whole memory we get. They snap out of the memory and we see Michael. And Michael is talking about, look, this is going to be really tough. We're going to see some side effects because of that. Uh, here's some stuff. You'll be okay in a little bit. Cut to this just disturbing look of <laughs> Eleanor bald and sizzling and mm-hmm. smoking. And I just loved that. In this moment, Kristen Bell is the type of actress that you can't make her not look incredible. Yeah. She just looks amazing all the time. And they found a way to make her look terrible. She yeah. looks so bad here, so bad that it's amazing and funny to see Kristen Bell like in this getup that they put her in for this. This is just such a ridiculous, like cartoonish type joke that she literally loses all of her hair and starts sizzling. But I ah, should be okay in like 20 minutes. We'll cut away from well, this. And I think fine. what really nails it for me, because that's very cartoony, like, oh, and you're kind of like, okay, well, how far are they going to go with this when he holds up the bowl? But I think when she like kind of coughs Spits out the, her like, teeth? the few like teeth, it was gross it's enough that you're like, it's like, oh my ten god! Teeth. <laughs> but it's not so like gory that you're like, oh, that's disgusting. They put it right in the middle. It's really gross, great. but it's not abhorrent. Yeah. It's mm. like shocking in a funny way. You're right. So <laughs> Michael says you'll be okay in about twenty minutes. Here, spit your teeth. Do you? How about you eat this banana? And she just kind of. Uh, okay we'll save it for later <laughs> well so in mine he didn't even offer the banana she spits the teeth out and then later on he's like that banana sure helped no it's funny because michael no like, okay yes and there we it's go. funny because michael peels the banana and says here how about a banana and she goes uh so go oh, maybe we'll we'll save this for later and while he's saying that he like puts each piece of the banana peel back up to cover it and sets it down. I just thought it was a funny choice. But I guess you could cut the banana line because then later they say the banana helped when here she clearly turns down the banana. Mm -hmm. Why would they make this version of the episode that's extended from your version but is missing a scene? Maybe they thought that the CGI penguin penguin was too much. Okay. But Netflix said, give us a penguin. We got the budget. We get the title card, and then after that, Eleanor's back to normal, but there's still a little bit of steam rising off of her Mm -hmm. head. And Michael says, oh, the banana must have helped. You look great. (laughs) Eleanor is very serious. She's all business, and she says, I've got a really important question. Did I look hot bald? Because I always kind of felt like I could pull it off. I have no real ability to gauge physical attractiveness in humans. But no, you did not pull it off. No, you didn't. (laughs) Funny. Michael explains that now Eleanor, after that memory and after that traumatic body experience, is now inoculated and she can receive all of her memories. So she's ready for the big I love you moment. 
which was Reboot 119 at Mindy St. Clair's. Michael begins talking about Mindy St. Clair, and now she's kind of a creep. And Eleanor says, hey, 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 I'd like to see the movie, not listen to the audiobook. So Michael, okay, he's been stalling. Okay, okay, I'll show you the highlights, though. I'm going to skip all of the unimportant stuff, like all the sleeping and chewing. A lot of sleeping and chewing going on with the humans. Does it ever alarm you how much time of our life that is so limited that we spend asleep? Not to mention the chewing, but that we're asleep so much of our life. Well, I guess you're not. As exactly. That's exactly <laughs> why I'm not, Zach, because that it is... It bothers me a lot. I sleep time. 18 hours a day. <laughs> Zach's only awake to record this podcast. I sleep in a coffin each week until Monday comes around. <laughs> then you rise. Yeah, I intentionally sleep less because of that. Eleanor gets her first memory, or her first real memory, and she sees her and Chidi studying free will versus determinism. They've just wrapped up the... What was the... Who, they, we just wrapped up... Nietzsche! Nietzsche! Because Eleanor says, you know, I spent a lot of my life thinking I was better than everyone, and now because of Nietzsche, I know I was right. Mm-hmm. She talks about the reading list, and Aristotle's on there, St. Thomas Quails. It's... You don't have the goddamn subtitles on. No. And you right down don't right pay here. enough attention no, to I know. No, I pay really close attention. I just don't know who St. Thomas Quails is. It's St. Thomas Aquinas. That's not right. Uh, you know what, Zach? Last <laughs> no, time Google you. Battle, you were right, but I'm going to fuck you up you. here. St. Thomas, Thomas Aquinas was an Italian priest. Yeah. Italian Dominican friar, about influential a philosopher guy. and theologian. I'm gonna That's, search Taint. Well, Saint, everyone knows. Everyone knows there's a Saint Thomas Equality. Saint They're Thomas Quail. This is what fucking comes up. Guy, exactly. That's this him. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they're mentioning. Duh, Quail live I'm on so glad Street. That Google has once in again San Francisco's Mission District. I'm right. St. Thomas Yacht Club, fresh tuna niquas with quail egg. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for me to prove how I'm right every time. But you're not, Zach. It's okay, Thomas Okay, we Aquinas. don't have time to prove that I am, so we're going to move this on. This is the dawning of St. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. Come on. The cute moment, what really happens here, they have this little riffing moment, and then Chidi, like, starts talking and pauses, and Eleanor anticipates that he's about to sneeze and hands him a tissue, like, before he needs it. It's really sweet. They both notice that it's sweet, and they look at each other smiling. It's Which, had cute. we seen that moment before or just heard of it? No, I don't think... We've just seen that there was a reboot well, where we they were fell in love with each other. We didn't that the see moment that Chidi knew... Yeah! Mm-hmm. You're right. We hadn't seen it before. This is us seeing it. Yeah. Eleanor cuts back from that now in the library again, talking about how she was really nailing philosophy class and says, can you believe my high school voted me most likely to die young and unaccomplished? You did die young and unaccomplished. (laughs) She asks about the house and the clowns and isn't it supposed to be the good place? And Michael says, well, yeah, okay. The context. You thought you were in the good place. It's really fake Eleanor's house. Just keep up. If I'm going to tell you all of this stuff, you've got to keep up with this. I can't be explaining that. And to me, that feels like a really clever way to maybe catch people who didn't watch season one up with the specifics of being back in the season one timeline of Eleanor trying to keep the secret. I think that's smart. Mm -hmm. So Eleanor puts the earpieces back in and suddenly it is season one. It's a big neighborhood moment. It's pick a pet day. 
Michael walks up to the four humans and says, oh, my four favorite residents, don't tell the others, <laughs> which just drives all kind of pressure into them and explains that they're all going to get to choose a pet. And once they do, it'll bond to their soul forever, which is really nice. That's really sweet. If I were in an afterlife type situation, I would like to have a pet. It tracks perfectly as the type of thing Michael would have done in season one to drive them crazy. Yeah. Tahani mentions, oh, I've had a pet before. I used to have one of Barbara Streisand's cloned Siamese cat before it killed itself. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah, that's a little edgy. It's funny. I don't have cats. Is it less funny to you because you have cats? Yeah, it's really, it's deeply offensive. (laughs) They will be hearing from you. Tahani and Jason go off to check out the mythical pets, which they're excited about. Dude, we can get mythical animals. Maybe I'll get a penguin. Penguins are real. That's the spirit of Lenore. They're real to me, too. Was there ever an animal that you thought was real or wasn't real that you found out where you were wrong about? I don't know. Not really. When Danny was younger, her older sister told her that Dalmatians weren't real, that they just painted Uh the spots on. And then when Danny, an adult, moved to Chicago and saw one for the first time, she freaked out because she spent her whole life thinking that they weren't actually real. That's cute and deeply stupid at the same time. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) The cue wins over, but imagine being an adult and seeing a Dalmatian, an adorable Dalmatian for the first time and just, oh my God, (laughs) get those off of him. Get that shit off of him right now. We were were in a simulation the whole time. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Are ligers real? They're fake, right? Ligers are real. They're not naturally occurring. It's my favorite animal, Zach. Fun fact. I think I've had more examples where something like that turned out to be real when I assumed Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be. Like a zonkey. Yeah. Or a zorse. Sure. Just stop making weird animals fuck each other. Let them fuck who they choose. No, keep it up. We're closer and closer to Spy Kids too. Chidi comes across these two adorable puppies. Instant pick. Are you going the black one or the white one? Black. White. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we need to explain further. It's a pretty <laughs> easy choice. Mm-hmm. I just would feel really bad about adopting a black dog and not being able to give him his culture. <laughs> you wouldn't know where I'd to take him like... to get his haircut. <laughs> yes. I have to take I'll have to make an extra stop to a different barber all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll have to figure out what the fuck a do-rag is. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you wash your hair every day? I can't do that with my dog. (laughs) It's not racist. It's it's actually the the ally thing to do is to exclude. Is to not adopt the the black one. Yes, Chidi comes across the two puppies. Actually, give me the white one. Do you have one that's a little, like, whiter? (laughs) They remind him of his childhood. That's when we get the line about his allergies and how he had all of these amazing allergies as a kid, but for whatever reason, animals were fine, and he hasn't had dogs since his childhood. Eleanor, who is now with the lizard. I did not get a scene in my episode where she chooses a lizard. Does yours have a scene where she chooses a lizard? I think it's just implied. She's Arizona. She picks the lizard. I think the lizard is such a great accessory for Eleanor in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's a really funny visual, and I really commend Kristen Bell for straight up letting a lizard climb her head. Yeah, it looks like a real lizard. I kind of was looking really close. It's an actor. I believe that Kristen Bell let a lizard climb her head, and I really Mm -hmm. respect that. Eleanor is bonding with this lizard, and she's already chosen it quickly, and she kind of makes fun of Cheaty, because of course Cheaty's going to have trouble deciding between the two perfect puppies, classic Cheaty. It's kind of a, it's, it's a really cute, like, oh, Cheaty's worst nightmare, a choice between two things. 
we're going to be here a while. It's really shows, cute. Yes. Eleanor's ribbing Chidi, but it comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tahani is learning about the mirror centaur. It's uh, uh, the sin. How did you? How did you say it? Centaur. Is that how you say it every time? I don't know. I don't, I think I say centaur more, more yeah. often than not. Where did that come from? I think because I said mirror. Centaur. 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 So it's ta er t a. I get it, but I don't think that's right. You are er ta u ta a ta a tar ta er centaur. What we're doing right now? We're asking people for their money. Mm-hmm. We're asking people to spend this time with us every week. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're putting out there? Tao, Atu, Tawa, <laughs> Awa, Goopy, Gooby, <laughs> Dooley. It's all your fault, Goops. Yeah, if we Come brought on, Gooby Dooley. into the show and it just threw <laughs> off the whole thing. Threw off Harvey. He's looking at me. Can you scooch him a little bit yeah. to uh, stage yeah. left? Yeah. Thank you. Shark. In case anyone forgets what's in there. <laughs> That's much better now. I can see his hole. It's staring right at me. Is he a stoma? I don't know what that means. That's, that's the hole you get when you smoke cigarettes. And... No, I tried to show it earlier. There's a very clear... That's, that's why the I trachea. asked. I said his hole is staring right at me. Does he have a stoma? And you're like, no, no, look, there is a hole. <laughs> He's got one. You're like, I know. That was my joke I was making. The mirror centaur, it's going to mirror the person that owns it. and That sounds terrible to me. I would it does. hate that shit. But of course, it's exactly what Tahani wants because she we walks be up to the centaur. It becomes Tahania, the goddess of beauty. And Tahani just has this look in her eye when she sees it that's absolutely alarming. Yeah, she wants to bang that centaur. Well, we learn later that she tries to write it. It's very yeah. picky about who she lets write it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chidi, he's having this thing. Should he take the cutest puppy? Is it wrong to split them up? And Eleanor says, they're heaven puppies. It doesn't matter. They're both perfect, I'm sure. So he says, okay, you're right, fine. And he chooses the black one. Wonder why. (laughs) And then he walks up to Janet, says, Janet, I'll take the black one. But of course, they've both been chosen. (laughs) You know, some of the stuff I wonder where Michael was doing things to clearly torture the humans and like having Janet make stuff disappear. I mean, Michael has powers. He's semi-omnipotent but janet does a lot of the heavy lifting on creating a lot of these things sure so i often wonder did he just come and take the puppies and say hey janet make those puppies disappear or did he have demons that were in the neighborhood come up and adopt the puppies that's probably the one that he chose i forgot he has an or maybe the puppies are demons in puppy suits (gasps) maybe it's glenn (laughs) and if he takes the puppy head off it's glenn <laughs> That'd be great. I'm so sorry, Chidi. Both puppies have been taken. Yeah, I should have seen that coming. My indecision has once again cost me happiness, and I will now suffer the consequences. <laughs> so he asks Janet what pets are available, or if any are available, and she says in her Janet way, yes, three. The 16-foot albino python? Yes. The tarantula squid, which I really wish we could have seen a CGI tarantula squid, or an owl, which he's going to go with the owl, even though maybe the owl is the worst of those. Honestly, I probably would have picked the python. I would too. Yeah. I'm like big enough that I would notice if it was trying to eat me. (laughs) And pythons are constrictors, I believe. Yeah, I feel like so it would wrap around me before it just now the python wouldn't be a great bonding pet but i feel like it wouldn't get in the way that much it would just do its thing snakes are kind of cool they are kind of cool i agree 
They're kind of like freaks of evolution, but interesting. So a little bit later, after he's chosen the owl, Eleanor arrives at home with her lizard, who now has a cowboy hat that Janet gave. And look at Which my is cowboy very hat cute. lizard. Isn't Have you seen so Rango stupid? starring Johnny Depp? No, I haven't. I saw Rango in the theater. Is it good? They say hell a lot in that movie. And you were young, so it was really edgy. A big I was deal. like, they're cussing a lot in this cartoon. Hell. Do you consider that a cuss word as an adult? It was a word I wasn't allowed to say when I was a kid. Which is so weird in the Christian faith because hell is a real place. I could say it if I was talking theologically, the but I couldn't say it like, what the hell? I couldn't use it as an expletive. What the hell? What, what the hell? And you yeah. still won't say it. Well, it's I originally got in no-nos. trouble because in in the movie I, Robot starring mm-hmm. Will Smith. I've seen it. There's a scene where he's like on like a windshield and it's like, yeah, you're something about a traffic accident. He's like, the hell I am. And I quoted that. My mom said, no, no, no. And I was like, okay. But you were talking about the place. The hell I am. I am. (laughs) Eleanor arrives home with the lizard and she doesn't see Chidi. So she's looking around and calling for him. And then we see Chidi in a really funny moment. It made me laugh really hard. Chidi. Hello. Spencer doesn't like loud voices. Yeesh, what happened, man? Well, I was trying to teach him to play fetch like I did with my puppy as a kid, but instead of retrieving the stick, he attacked my face with his razor-sharp talons. <laughs> I think this is probably the funniest scene of the episode. There's there's some great moments in this episode, but this visual of a grown man hiding under a counter yeah. to hide from Spencer the Owl because Spencer does not like loud noises or cheaty is very funny, very relatable. As somebody who doesn't really fuck with birds like that, totally, I would be cowering if there were... Because owls are big as shit. <laughs> they are. With that wingspan, they're yeah, way terrifying. bigger than you think. If it did Absolutely this terrifying. once, I'd be out of the house. That's Spencer's house now. Cut to the owl just mean mugging the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor says, why don't you just tell Michael and explain it? But he feels like, no, I can't tell Michael. I made my bed and now I'll bleed in it. Funny. Eleanor offers kindly, you know, I'll go tell Michael for you. And she's bandaging him and it's another sweet moment between the two of them. And not as much as the first one, but it's cute. They're bonding and they share that little look with each other one more time. That scene gives me big, like, he asked for no pickles vibes. And it's very cute and endearing. (laughs) I don't get that. Uh, like if you're at a restaurant and let's say that they get your order wrong, I'm oh, the type of oh, person that just kind of deal anything. with it. Yeah, yeah. But Eleanor would be like, "Uh-uh, this is what he ordered. This is what he's gonna get." I like how I was supposed to get that off of he. This is a real he ordered the pickles type. Well, thing. see, here's here's the thing: is I feel like neither you or Lil. I know for a fact, Lil, if given something they are deathly allergic to, will eat it out of politeness. That's not the case. There's a as very an adult, specific t- as an adult. I know that used to be the case. And that's I am very much the person because I try to make it as clear as I can. Look, I know this isn't your fault. I'm really sorry to bother you that this is any extra work. But uh, I asked for my gold flex over my steak to be finely shredded. This is a coarse grind if I've ever seen one before. Do you want me to choke on gold? (laughs) Opens up your mouth, shines flashlight. Do you want this puppy getting messed up? There are things that I would let slide. Like maybe if they gave me the wrong side and it's a side that I like, it's a like, well, I didn't order this, but I think I'll like this. So I'll just go with it. But Mm -hmm. if I really wanted the shrimp casserole and they brought me the collard greens instead, (laughs) I'd say, hey, fuck face. And I say it in a nice way. I say, hey, fuck face. Look up from that iPad over there and come give me some fucking shrimp casserole into my wet mouth right now. 
hey, I know you're cleaning up that drink I knocked over, but I'm going to need you to come over and fix this. <laughs> well, and to get their attention, I also have hey, knocked over my salary, water. Pal. I've knocked over Lil's drink. I just keep like a cat kind of pushing <laughs> stuff off the table until they notice to come by and pay attention to me. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? It's Oops. your job to pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I voted really for a higher minimum wage. You're welcome. No, I'm not too polite to complain at restaurants. I'm a blast at restaurants. See, I don't complain for myself, but I will stand up for a smaller voice and get them the correct thing they ordered. <laughs> but I will suffer in silence. Anyway, that flashback ends. They're back in the library. And Michael says, okay, you get it. You liked each other. That's it. Your lack of parental attention didn't make you incapable of love. Blah, blah, blah. And Eleanor isn't good with that. What are you hiding? What can I not know? Michael says the rest of it isn't that interesting. But Eleanor says, what isn't interesting? I fell in love in fake heaven. Show it to me. That's awesome. <laughs> Eleanor starts to threaten him and says, I'll take off your demon head and put it wherever your butt should be. Whatever's there. I like that line. And then she puts the earpieces back in without being guided by Michael. I think Michael kind of makes a really demony face at that moment too. Like they do a close up of his visage, and he's making a very like demon Michael type of frustrated. Not scowl, sure if I clocked like it that. at that moment. We cut to Tahani, and she's talking to Eleanor, and says, "Oh, I love your lizard. You both have combination skin. That's so funny. You're so alike." <laughs> Eleanor asks if she can ride Tanya. And we learned that Tahania is very particular. Tahani tried to ride her and was given a withering stare. <laughs> and Eleanor says, well, you seem like the type that would have had horses. She's like, well, yes, I did. But they only pulled our carriages and performed in our horse ballets. <laughs> I'm not used to them being judgmental. I think the concept of them having horses for the family for their horse ballet horse is ballet, great. Just their pure entertainment of a horse ballet. Tanya then approaches and she says, With whom can I speak about acquiring new shoes? You can't expect me to walk around in these flats all day like some common glue factory hobo horse. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch an animated Tahania spinoff. No problem. Oh, totally. No question. Mm -hmm. Michael walks up and Eleanor has been looking for him. So she stops him and asks on Chidi's behalf if he can swap pets. And Michael does a really classic... Mm -hmm. Yes, anding because it's the good place, but knowing because it's the bad place. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But he might not really want to do that because in a couple days, everyone's going to get to be their pet for a while. Don't you think he's going to want to fly like an owl? He says he can fly like an owl and you can do whatever lizards do. <laughs> <laughs> Sit under a heat lamp and stick your tongue out I'm into and not that. move that much. He asked Tahani, of course, because it's season one, if she'll host the party. And Tahanya, who's been listening, says, oh, and is that what you're going to wear? And Tahani <laughs> has a little freak out moment about her insult. Then cut to back at the house. Do you think the penguin thing has happened before this? Did it happen before the this? The penguin thing is yet? happening now. It, well, not in mine because Tahania insults her outfit. Tahani says she can change. And then we cut to the, to the house where Eleanor can't find her lizard. Yeah. Oh, so it's this scene. They've just cut it out of this scene. They just cut the penguin out. Yeah. So let me tell you the scene from my perspective, okay? Mm -hmm. We're at the house and Eleanor can't find her lizard. She's calling around for it. Chidi says, you know, it's no big deal. Janet can find it. Janet will be able to find the lizard. But Eleanor, because it's season one, turns that down and says, well, no, if they know that I lost it, they'll know I'm not bonding with it. And that'll mm -hmm. make them know that I'm not supposed to be here and that I'm a fake. So she tells Jason, and really, Jason's just standing there the whole time. Yeah, he Jason say walks anything. in with the penguin and, like, every scene that we see Jason, you see the penguin next to him in my episode. No, it part. very much feels like 
Jason's not in the room when the scene starts. Mm-hmm. And then here, when Eleanor says, okay, guys, you go ahead without me. I'm going to look for her. You can say I'm bonding with my lizard. And you see Jason just standing next to Chidi. And then as they walk away, there's like an awkward cut. And it's like their backs. And you hear him say, come on, Blake. That's so interesting because in mine, obviously the penguin is there, and yeah. so she says that, and then Jason are there and the lines penguin about turn the penguin? Is there ever a moment when he's like, "Look, I got a penguin." The penguin's just there, CGI. Because chilling. he said, "Oh, we have penguins here." Yeah, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they cut the penguin. Because that feels like a type, a really decisive cut from an episode. Yeah, to like, be someone like was we like, have the opportunity, no CGI penguin, to put together this version of the episode that has everything in it, but this is something that we don't want in the episode. Mm-hmm. That's weird. They didn't like the penguin. Eleanor goes around. She's crying, lizard, lizard, all through the day. And then now it's at night and she still can't find him. Why didn't I name him? (laughs) This was another big laugh from the episode. Chidi pops up and says, hi, really enthusiastically. Hey. Ah! Why? Oh, no. Chidi. Sorry I shoved you, man. Just been a little jumpy. Hey, you didn't happen to see my lizard in the lake when you were thrashing around down there. No, it was cold and dark and scary. That's I love that why as he's getting why? pushed. I that was so funny. But he assures Eleanor here in this moment that they're going to find him because Michael and Janet are busy. They didn't even notice that she or they weren't there, which gets Eleanor to realize, Chidi, you're supposed to be at this party. You could be flying. You could literally fly like an eagle. That's not R. Kelly, is it? I just know it's also on the Space Jam soundtrack. Fly right into the future. Is, is it, it R. Kelly? Seal? Do, 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 do. Is it Seal? I'm fine with Seal. It's either Seal or R. Kelly. Heidi Klum no longer fucks with Seal. Yeah, but he still shows up as a guest judge on America's Got Talent. Well, that's good for them. Yeah. Or they at least he has a couple them. of times. Maybe it's been a minute since they have. Yeah. Come on the show, Seal. Let's talk about your faith. That just made me think of the community bit when they're trying to make the least racist mascot. And the dean says, we've got a scale of all the skin tones from Seal to Seal's teeth. <laughs> It's like in one of the first episodes that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So Eleanor realizes that Chidi gave up flying to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. And Chidi really just, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I just decided I'd rather be helping you. And I think we've all been in that situation when we're sweet on someone. There is something that we would have absolutely gone to otherwise. But instead, we're like, no, there's nothing I want to do right now. But like get to know this person better and be around them. Absolutely. So this is the big moment. Eleanor's like, wow, I love this kiss, this moment so much. Their first Mm -hmm. canonical kiss, like in the timeline. Eleanor's saying, that's amazing. You're amazing. And then just grabbing his face and kissing him. Love it. It's such a nice moment. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I didn't love it as much years ago. I think Mm -hmm. it's perfect. Was it the interracial aspect threw you off? Absolutely. But I've grown. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it has to be interracial for you to like it. Right. Well, then I can't adopt the black dog. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Michael then narrates as we see a little montage of them dating and courting each other. And Michael talking about how they spent all of their time together after that kiss. And they studied together. And, and Eleanor got cheaty into popcorn shrimp. And they're eating this huge popcorn bucket <laughs> full of popcorn shrimp. This all happens the way you'd expect it after knowing what we know. They became suspicious of Michael like they always do. And they got on the train and went away to Mindy St. Clair's where they finally said it out loud. 
I really like this moment, getting to see the moment that we've seen a few times on video, on video without the graininess of the video to see it from a different angle. Whether they filmed it at the same time as that season two moment mm -hmm. or they filmed it now, they recreated it really well. Mm -hmm. So she takes the earpieces out and Michael says, "You're congrats, you're capable of love. Can we go now? But Eleanor is really moved, touched, confused. You can see that she's going through a lot here and says, no, 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 how did it end? Show me how it ended. And Michael says, well, kind of like I just showed you, that we rebooted it, you figured it out, that's it, there's no yeah. need. But Eleanor thinks, no, I need to see how this ends and puts the earpieces back in. Chidi and Eleanor, it's really cute, they're holding hands, they're in Michael's office, and they're giving him the what for now that they've figured out his ruse. The funny line here is Chidi saying, oh yeah, well, when Mindy St. Clair wasn't trying to trick us into a threesome, she told us everything you've been up to. We know this is like the hundredth time you've tried to torture us, but this time it's different. Because we're in love. And love is stronger than anything you can throw at us. No, it's not. Love is stronger than anything I can throw at you? I could throw an elephant at you. You think a thrown elephant wouldn't crush you because of love? She was speaking metaphorically. Even metaphorically, it's lame. We're back to that classic evil, conniving demon Michael. And he's like, ugh, dinguses. <laughs> and we see what always happens in these situations that have happened so many times. No matter what he does, Chidi and Eleanor are going to find each other. And they're going to help each other. And they're going to take him down. What's different this time is that they say that they're soulmates. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. And Michael blows a raspberry at it. I made it up. I forced you to choose the lizard and then it ran away. It's all fake. Soulmates are fake. It's all mm -hmm. fake. Ugh. And then he snaps and that's the end of that flashback. And now we see why Michael has been dodging for so much of this. It had nothing to do with Eleanor being able to accept these things. It was him not being able to look back at himself and how awful he was then. It mm -hmm. shows how far Michael has come. Even though it's bad to withhold these things from Eleanor, you all of a sudden get that, yeah, Michael was a fucking asshole and he was so yeah. mean to them. Aside from it being his job to torture them, he relished in it. He loved it. He got so much pleasure out of doing what he did and he's ashamed of it now. Is Michael almost reverting to the beginning of this season's Michael or the latter half of last season where he wants so badly to be accepted and appreciated yeah. by these humans that he holds so high that now that he kind of has a fresh start, he was really scared for them to see how much of an evil demon he was. And I think that rings true. I like that a lot. I think it's a smart decision on the show's behalf. He used to do a lot of embarrassing things. He was cruel. He used to wear French cuff. <laughs> French cuff. Shirts. Shirts. He says, I'm different now, I promise. I'll swear on a Bible. I mean, it's the only book in the sex ed section. Go grab me one. <laughs> and Eleanor says, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm just sad. Because for a second, I thought I was capable of love. And this is what you wouldn't expect off of what mm -hmm. we've seen. She says, but now I know it's just you manipulating everything and you pulling all these strings. So I am. I'm incapable of love. So you know, now I feel better. No big deal. You want to go get burgers? <laughs> and Michael literally deflates. You can tell yeah. that. Talk about the free will discussion that's coming up in the last third of this episode. Michael has this like, oh, well, I didn't expect that. Eleanor yeah. is once again doing something that I never would have expected. And she totally deflates. There's a commercial break. And after the break, Michael says, well, how did you determine that after seeing everything that I showed you? How did you come to that conclusion? And it's because Eleanor saw that Michael was this puppeteer. So it wasn't their own choice of feelings. He put them together. He put them in that proximity of each other. 
And this whole rest of the episode is a great back and forth of them arguing their different points and really having a true-to-life discussion about free will and about philosophy yeah. that I think is really food for thought to think about in our world, not just in this good place situation. I think so, and I think that there's a lot of discourse, especially over the past few years, on maybe a little bit bigger scale, and a much bigger scale than life or death, but on a longer term scale of, and this is, I guess, been going on for a long time, but the effect of nurture versus nature. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of shrunken down in this episode in a really thoughtful way that does pose a lot of questions of, well, do these circumstances lead me to do this? Do these influences that why this? And I think that there's a fair amount of maturity and being able to say, well, these circumstances yeah. were, were there, but I did make these choices that led to this. And I think it's, it is a very interesting conversation. A lot of the philosophical conversations are open-ended just by mere matter of existing. But I think this is one that I've thought about a lot in that I think there's a lot of truth in both sides. Even Absolutely. though it ends up being Eleanor's defense mechanism, and maybe mm -hmm. for most humans that believe that kind of pessimistic side of free will, it is a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. I think there's truth on both sides, for sure. I do, too. Michael says, yeah, I put you guys together, but I never intended you guys to become romantic with one another. And Eleanor has a quick way to explain that. Well, you made us bond. You put us as only the like four people we have in contact with each other. Of course, we're going to fall in love. Once you made us bond, the romance was inevitable. It's a basic reality show playbook. Put a bunch of attractive young people in stressful situations so they act like idiots and have sex with each other. And Eleanor brings up the concept that was dropped earlier, that it's determinism, which Michael doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Cut to them reading out of the book, Philosophy for Ding Dongs for Morons. And Eleanor is <laughs> explaining determinism to Michael. I am a ding dong moron, so I'm not going to totally explain it, but it is that everything is predetermined. It's like predestination. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's free will, kind of. You can make decisions, but it's based off of so many things that have already been set that lead you to make these decisions that you're making. I think the best explanation of this that I take solace in can be broken down one of two ways. We can either look at it like the Doctor Strange time stone where there's all these it. different pos eventualities that can happen based on different actions that are taken. Predetermined paths that our free will affects. But I think the best way to look at it is is community, the timelines. You know, sure. you roll a die, you roll a one, things transpire this way, you roll a six, they go this way. I think that's the way that life kind of shakes out is sure we're set down a path. It's like a video game. It's a choose your own adventure goosebumps book. If I choose to look in the cabinet, I could die in six pages or I could get to continue with the book. Who knows? Well, and see, I live from the perspective, because I'm not a particularly spiritual person, mm -hmm. that everything is free will. Yeah. That you can do anything. I could give in to like those weird, awful thoughts that your brain gives. We could all do really bad stuff. Mm -hmm. But because we have free will, I mean, you can either go into that and do those bad things or you can actively work against it. And look at like nature versus nurture or being stuck in a place. Look at you as an example of so you leave the place that you were born and you go get the job mm -hmm. that you want to do and you start living the life that you want to live. You can do whatever you yeah. want. Whenever you want. Now, there are things like poverty and all sorts of, of things living in America and not mm -hmm. having money or not being white that make that harder. But I do think people have free will. Yeah. For sure. But Eleanor Agreed. doesn't. It's determinism, man. Exactly. Deal with it. Now can we get burgers? <laughs>
But Michael says, no, like uh, we're saying in general, people do make choices, like small ones, like the shirt that you're wearing. And Eleanor has a good explanation for that. As if you think I pick what shirt I'm wearing. This is my (laughs) last clean shirt. When I was a kid, I would re-wear shirts until I caught a new one from a t-shirt cannon at a which game? Uh, Did she say a Phoenix Suns game? No. Arizona Cardinals? No. Diamondbacks? No. Maybe Raptors? Is that a thing? Arizona Raptors? No. I don't know. The professional Arizona sports teams are the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix right Mercury, again, the Arizona sure Cardinals, it was and the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Velociraptors. There might be a uh, hockey team, but they're certainly not the Velociraptors. <laughs> Genetics and environment, she sees, have made all of her choices on Earth, so that wasn't free will. And Michael made all of her choices for her after Earth, so that's not free will either. This is interrupted before they can come to any conclusion by one of my favorite jokes that comes back a couple times in the episode when a librarian stops them and says, Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that we're closing up, so you probably want to head out. They say, well, we're in the middle of figuring out something. Give us like 15 minutes. And he's like, okay, but just so you know, as soon as we close, they use this place to shoot porn. So you might want to get out of here. Is that in your episode? I know it's in my episode later, but I don't know if they say the whole joke the first time. They say it here in the library, and then they say it again at the restaurant. Yeah. And it's hilarious both times Mm -hmm. because I just love the visual that the second. The moment. (laughs) The doors close. All the lights start going. The Jeff Foxworthy books start covering certain areas on the body. So they leave and they head to a restaurant to continue their conversation about determinism. Where Eleanor gets deep when asked what drink she would like to have. Mm -hmm. And Michael's like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll have the iced tea. (laughs) And Eleanor lets Michael make all of her decisions and goes with the same thing. Michael thinks he can show that there is free will and that... He didn't script everything by showing Eleanor a choice she made all on her own. So he puts the earpieces in himself first to, like, calibrate it and immediately starts old man screaming over the (laughs) headphones. Okay, here's a perfect example. In the very first attempt. Dude, dude, dude. What? Yelling. You're you're yelling, like, so loudly. Sorry. Sorry. My mom does this. Oh, yeah aggressively so always any moment i probably do too but well our whole podcast is us screaming with headphones on yeah so my neighbors are probably very confused eleanor has him take them out and then she puts them in to see a memory that we have seen before an actual clip from season one where janet's been slaughtered and someone needs to step up and michael's about to take the blame and everything's going wrong and chidi can't help but stand up and say what's really going on and eleanor knows this so before he can she stands up and finally tells the truth that she's been holding in we did a whole episode about it a few months ago you can go look at it a great episode of the show and probably of our podcast but Uh, well every episode is so of course yeah what i really like about this moment is how it recontextualizes the hey I love you, I man. I love you, man. Yeah. A really I powerful moment thing. now. Yeah, really good. So Eleanor takes the blame and then takes the earpieces out. And Michael explains, you sacrificed to help your friend. It was the last thing he wanted to happen. He didn't want her to stand up in that moment. That was Chidi's torture. He was supposed to stand mm-hmm. up. But Eleanor has free will. Eleanor can't back down, though. The only reason she cared was because... Michael had forced them together. Of course she cared about him, and of course she would feel bad for hurting him. 
Well, and here's where I'll say I think Eleanor has a little bit of a stronger argument against really? this one. Something that I kept kind of waiting for her to say when Michael's like, well, but every time you found out, every time you discovered this, it's not Eleanor's fault that Michael's plan wasn't as good as he thought. Yeah. Not that I, I agree no, with Eleanor, true. but I think she has a, a better argument here. I know normally, Zach, you're the, the argument one to play is, devil's well, advocate, but I will play Eleanor as advocate this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think that Eleanor can't be held entirely responsible for figuring it out every time. If Jason figured it out a couple. Which he has, so, a time yeah. or two. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, that's what Michael says, that she was always doing things to undermine him. Like in Reboot 444, cut to Chidi, who's trapped in a purple space bubble, and Michael's <laughs> saying, Now, is Chidi trapped in the purple space bubble? Yes. Is he in pain? Almost certainly. Will he ever get out? No. However, uh, yeah, uh, wrong one, wrong one. I mean, that's worth watching. It's great, but uh, not not the one I was thinking. It's probably uh, four, four, five. <laughs> you kind of see his little like demon smile come back for a second, just proud of how great a torture move that was. It takes me back to the obelisk moment from Dance Dance Resolution. That's yeah. just so ridiculous. And <laughs> does it hurt? Almost definitely. <laughs> Will we let him out? <laughs> No. 445 is the right one. That's the welcome everything is okay on the wall timeline. When Michael is frustrated because of how many times Eleanor has beat him at his own game and just brings her into the office, tells her they're in hell, and asks her, what am I missing about you? What is it about your brain? What is it about your life? We've seen everything about you. I've seen every bad decision you've ever made. I've seen that your first concert was the Bare Naked Ladies, that you have sex dreams about Sam the Eagle from the Muppets, which I totally get. I get that, yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Talk about long, tall, and handsome. Yeah. Mm He's a top, too. (laughs) You've asked me before who my gay celebrity crush is, and I couldn't come up with one. It is Sam the Mm -hmm. Eagle. Yeah, I get Throw that. Throw in Scooter there, too. He seems like the weird type that'd be into some of that stuff. Scooter be It's fun. always the weird, quiet ones that are into some yeah. crazy shit. Gonzo and the chickens, bring them in. I just want to be a part of a Muppet orgy. That's what I'm saying. That I would be a fucking blast. All of the Muppets of consenting age. Yeah, I'll let Kermit <laughs> smack me orgy. around a little. Oh, yeah. Fozzie Bear. <laughs> one of the real tiny ones will have just been inside me the whole time. I'll pull out like one of the phenomena <laughs> dudes. I want to pull up for a second. I have to talk about it i did take a little snapshot of the screen where we see all of the bad things that eleanor's done and the only one are... that i had time yeah. for my eyes to focus on was the enemies various rite aid employees is an enemy mm-hmm. rihanna's bodyguard is an enemy and we learn why understandable the barefoot contessa note one-sided mm-hmm. is her enemy princess Ina jasmine Garden. note one-sided fictional is one of her enemies <laughs> neil degrasse tyson note one-sided from his side as yeah. an enemy Let's see, bad memories, summer camp GI issues, hair pullings, her, hair pullings, others. One of my favorites that stood out to me was the Ambien hamster mishap. Oh, no. Uh, her lifetime ban from the post office. On nice. the family side, we've got in the maternity ward, her mother introduced her to a nurse as my little sister. <laughs> Here's the Red Hot Chili Peppers one. Oh, well, kind of. Her mom's date with Anthony Kiedis celebrity lookalike. Nice. Dad forgot birthday, changed birth certificate, so he wasn't wrong. Oh, my God. Dad's fist fight with entire Arizona State University financial aid office. Nice. 
Mom once made mac and cheese with wine instead of milk. Oh my God. And the last section is the shames, which include her Mr. Peanut tattoo, her Spotify playlist for getting Brad, problematic Halloween costumes, sexual attraction to Sam the Eagle, love of bare naked ladies, shrimp farts. (laughs) This is a good one. Can't remember how to spell calendar no matter how many times she learns. Do you have a word that's like that for you that you get wrong the spelling every time? It used to be glacier. How many times are you talking glacier? Uh, There's a spelling bee based trauma incident that I... Sure, I think I've heard the story. Mm -hmm. Restaurant. Never going to happen. I was going to say, restaurant used to be a big one for me, but now it's necessary. Mm-hmm. The word necessary. And especially the word yeah. unnecessary. Ooh, how many N's, in... how many C's, how many S's. I don't know. It's a toss-up. Yeah. That's mine. That was worth taking a screenshot of and looking at it. That was yeah, a pack was. of funny details. Eleanor then is like, okay, you're asking me all these questions about myself, but who are you? This is hell. Who's that guy on the wall? (laughs) Which is a good setup to be like, who's the guy on the wall? Because Doug Forsett on the wall. Now, I'd be curious to see what number experiment it was or reboot it was where Michael's recording the tape recorder to himself and Eleanor walks in or Chidi, one of them walks in. This is a different one because that one was so short. But I'd be curious to see the number. I'm I will sure reiterate. somewhere there is a fan-made list of mm-hmm. all of the numbers of reboots and what, if anything, we know about each one. That'd be cool. That would be kind of cool. I'm not going to do it, but I want someone to do it if they haven't mm-hmm. yet. So Michael made this 15 million point plan after knowing everything he could possibly know about Eleanor, and she still did things he couldn't expect because mm-hmm. of free will. And Eleanor is just going bolder with it and starting to lose her thread here when she says, uh, well, what if everything you decide is made up too? Maybe there's a mega demon who's torturing you. So Michael kind of chuckles to himself and pours iced tea over Eleanor's head. Which really I love funny visual. That yeah, Eleanor's hair all wet. Why did you do that? Because I have free will and you're being so annoying. And I think that that's the Michael that has known Eleanor for all this time. Yeah. And now that Eleanor has seen enough reboots, he can do that because she has known him now, or at least has memories of knowing him through all these different times, too, or at least a number of them. And so I think it's important that they establish that relationship before this happens, because Mm -hmm. two episodes ago, this couldn't have happened. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I really like this moment because it showcases free will. How can you argue that there's no free will when people do the most bizarre shit? All the time that has absolutely no explanation. We all do it. We all mm-hmm. do things that we could never explain to anyone. And yeah. there are so many news stories, so many, we caught this guy doing something so weird in public. It's a great joke that explains the point of this whole thing. He has free will. When the waitress then walks by, Eleanor apologizes on his behalf. And the waitress says, it's okay. This happens all the time. But usually <laughs> it's a younger woman pouring in on the head of an older guy. I get it. Eleanor says, dude, that was not cool. And Michael, I love this moment. He says, I disagree. I think that's the coolest thing I've ever done. (laughs) I love that moment. He sees through Eleanor's defense. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to give it to you. I can so clearly see that this is a defense mechanism. And you're using determinism and these things that you've learned about to discount your feelings for Chidi and your vulnerability. He says here, this feels to me in this scene specifically, more than almost anything the show has ever done 
having a conversation with God mm. and having a conversation with this parental adjacent authority figure mm -hmm. that knows everything about you and can cut you down with a few words, but can also make you feel bigger than anything ever has. Yeah. Because it, this being, it's like sitting face to face with God and God telling you, I know everything about you. Remember, including that nothing scares you more than vulnerability. Ugh, whatever, who even cares? I do. Because if everything is determined and we have no free will, then all the stuff we're doing to put more good into the world is pointless. And I want to believe that it matters. Well, and it's also them saying, yes, I know all these things, but I'm not managing everything down to the smallest detail. I laid a plan out and I put things in places, but you're making these choices to get here. Don't put your shit on me. Like because you're God. scared of how you feel. I'm sticking with that thread. Like God. You I was say, following it up and I agreed with it. So you know what it you again? don't understand. You're like stupid ass point. You were making separate from mine <laughs> actually completely backs up the point that I just made. <laughs> Are you beginning to feel like a rap God rap God? Oh, is that the juice world song that I know? <laughs> juice world does have a song with Eminem after he died, right? It's like Godzilla, is that Juice World? He's on one of those, or Monster. Know. Anyway, that's enough Mathers talk. Michael says the chica, thing chica. here. He's talking about, well, if there's no free will, this is what he should have said first. Yeah. If there's no free will, why the fuck are we trying to help people so they can get higher point scores? Mm. Why are we doing this? What's the point? The whole point of this is because there is free will, and if people use that free will with a nudge in the right direction to become better, maybe more people will end up out of the bad place. That's the whole point. Yeah. And he says here, he says the thing, I'm going to use my free will to pick up my friends from the airport. The worst possible use of free will, but I'm going to do it because I care about them. Just as soon as that happens, the waitress comes up and says, hey guys, just want to let you know that you might want to leave. We're closing up. Uh, we're about to shoot some porn here. <laughs> the second we close, we use second this place we close. for porn. We're at the airport parking garage and the gang have all caught back up. Jason is talking about how great first class was, including the safety vest that he stole as part of the freebies <laughs> from first class. And Tahani, I love this little line that makes you remember something that I totally forgot about. She says, oh, it's at times like this, it's fun to remember that we're legally married. <laughs> and Janet says, oh, ha 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 ha. That is ha, really that's great. Funny. Ha, ha. So funny. Jason calls window seat and the gang minus Michael and Eleanor start to get into the car. So Eleanor can apologize for how she treated Michael during this mm -hmm. experience and how she's coming to terms to seeing how right Michael was about what he was saying. There's this cute moment here then when Eleanor just sees Chidi knowing all that she knows without him knowing any of it and kind of like shrinking a little bit when she mm -hmm. sees him. And it's a sweet moment and that leads her to apologize to Michael. And she also says that she's beginning to make the realization that since they know what comes after life, they might be the most free people in the entire universe. And because Absolutely. of that, they need to take their soul squad idea and really bump it up to the next level. They could straight up be bigger than Jesus. They could <laughs> save the world. And Michael agrees, and he immediately comes up with an idea. We need to find someone who can serve as a, as a blueprint for humanity, someone whose life is so great that we can use it as a model to get as many points for as many people as possible, and I think I know the perfect person. Rihanna, good call. I don't know her personally, but I did see her in Vegas once, and her calf brushed up against my tongue. I licked her leg. I was kicked out. It's not Rihanna. It's someone way cooler. 
Hey, everybody out of the car. Grab your bags. We're going to rural Canada. Light spoiler, I just want to make sure I remember right. Is this Doug Forsett? This is Doug Forsett. Right. Okay. And spoiler. Mm -hmm. The last thing we see is a flash to the bad place where Sean and the girl whose name I don't remember and Glenn are working on an illegal portal to Earth. They don't know if it's going to work. It might make people explode. So Sean's not going to risk going through it. Instead, we're going to make Vicky go through it. And we bring her out of the cocoon that she's been in since the since end of season, season two. two. Yeah, uh-huh. a long time. Not even the end of season two. The, the start of the back half of season two. Because it's before they go to the bad place. And immediately, she's saying exactly what she was saying when she got cocoon. Which I love that. I thought that was a great touch. And she's like... And then Sean says, Zip it, tits. We're way past that. Where am I? How long was I in there? You have missed a lot. She's told to go through the portal, and she does because she has no choice. And as she walks up towards it, the girl whose name I don't know is delighted. She's like, oh, this might be gross. Yay. I don't know if that line was in mine. This moment's a little I'm shocked that there was no penguin in yours because it doesn't seem like they added a ton of extra stuff. Mine was 24 minutes, I think. Just a couple little lines you've mentioned here and there. Yep. So it might be gross. The girl's excited about it, but it isn't gross. It works. And Vicky's on Earth and says, oh, my God, did you make an illegal door to Earth? And Sean says, yes. Yes, I did. And then Glenn pops in to say, hey, we all helped. Shut up, Glenn. End of episode. (laughs) I feel like the showing of the Bad Place gang here could have been a little bit more intimidating, could have been a little bit more evil seeming instead they just kind of seem like a bunch of goofballs to me i agree especially because they're coming into like a sunny park i don't know it makes it seem a lot less ominous it was more jimmy timmy power hour yes it very much is the silly looking (laughs) portal is a little much Mm -hmm. i'm fine with the plot moving this direction i am too i'm glad to see these people back and i'm fine more than fine with everything this episode does Mm -hmm. both in reframing what we've seen before reframing what's been happening recently and setting us up for what's going to happen next i think this is an amazing transition episode of the show and a standalone standout episode of the season a good episode i agree now at the beginning zach you said that you thought this was at the very least maybe your second favorite episode of the season, possibly your first. Do you stand by that, or has it cooled a little bit? It's maybe cooled a little bit, but not much. I think it's Mm -hmm. sitting two or three, but probably two. I have it two or three for me as well. I think last week's is in contention for my number one. I really like last week's episode, but I think that this this is a great episode. Hey, bury that lead, buddy. We're going to get there in a few weeks at our season roundtable. Hey, I'm taking preliminary numbers. I'm just grabbing a poll. I think it's pretty easy to say that the top three episodes have been Jeremy Baramy, A Fractured Inheritance, and now The Worst Possible Use of Free mm-hmm. Will. I expect those three to end up in my top five, but there's still five still episodes left coming. of the season. There's still heat coming. But before we move on to that heat, let's talk about our good place, bad place this week. It's a weird almost bottle, not bottle episode. Was it tough for you to pick a good and bad place well, off of this? Well, I think we just didn't get a ton of characters this week. It feels like we don't because the characters that we get are mostly in flashbacks. And they're there mostly for jokes other than Cheaty and the emotional moments. Tahati's exactly. there for jokes. Jason's there so for jokes. So it wasn't hard for me at all this week. It was like pretty clear cut. It was a little tough for me to pick a bad place. So why don't you tell mm. me yours first? So my bad place this week is Eleanor, not because I think Eleanor is a bad person, but she does deflect very hard from her own emotions. And I think Mm -hmm. partially intentionally, I don't think it's all 
subconscious. I think at some point she is just fighting it to fight it because she's scared of her feelings for Chidi. And she, I don't think necessarily behaves badly, but she definitely gets a less positive outlook. And if what she was saying was true, then that would mean that everything they were doing was a waste. And I don't think that's that's good behavior. I agree. I see why in an episode that doesn't give you a a ton of reasons to give a lot of people bad place, Mm -hmm. why you would end up going with Eleanor. I didn't think it was enough for Eleanor to get the bad place. So I dug a little deeper into the flashback sequences in the Mm -hmm. episode. And I think I'm going to give my bad place to Tahanya. Wow, the that's fair. Sin- Tahanya Sin was Tower. not well behaved. She's not very nice. She's a magical centaur. That withering stare sounds painful. Sounds yeah, icy. Does. She's really mean about Tahani's beautiful outfit. I guess it's going to be Tahanya. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my good place before you give me yours. I am going to give it to Michael. I feel like maybe you, you will too. You could find issues in why he withholds information and that he withholds information. But we are back, like you said, to how Michael was in at the end of season two. That he's mm-hmm. a different Michael. He's trying to make the best decision for everyone involved. And he's thinking bigger than just his group. He wants to make the whole world a better place. He's not focused on his self-fulfillment journey in the way that Eleanor is. I think it's a good episode for Michael. Uh, and after a season that brought Michael back to the bad place quite a few times, it's going to be a good place for Michael this week. I'm going to give an honorable mention this week to Cheedy because I think Cheedy does have a good episode. He's yeah, a good he guy. Does. He's kind to Eleanor. That's a good point. Cheedy really does everything right this week, but I'm going to give it to Michael because Michael tried so hard and put so much yeah. effort into letting Eleanor understand that her feelings that she had were her own. And he doesn't really have a huge motivator to do that. He has no stake in she and yeah. Cheedy's relationship, but he knows that she deserves to have an honest understanding of her emotional capabilities. And so he goes the extra mile so that his friend, and he even goes so far as to pour iced tea on her head and be like, hey, snap out of it. You're being stupid. Let yourself be happy. Don't blame all these things. Don't stifle yourself. And I think that's great behavior from Michael. Good place. And we didn't mention it, but it's a nice moment from Eleanor too at the end of the episode when she says, you don't need to apologize. You knew what you needed to do to snap your friend out of it. And you did the Mm -hmm. right thing. I think that's good of Eleanor to see that. What I wanted to say about Michael is that a few episodes ago, he would have been blinded by pleasure in Eleanor telling him that he's this master puppet guy and that he's been in charge. He would like get a complex because of that. But that's not the point here. He needs his friend to see that she's worth more than what she thinks. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what gives it to Michael this week for sure. Well, my allergies have been tenuous, but we talked about a great episode of The Good Place, one of my favorites from the season. I think we had a really good conversation about it. And I'm excited to come back next week to talk about the next episode. I don't think it's the Book of Dugs yet. I think there's one more before that. There is one more before that, I think. Next week, we will be back to talk about Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By, chapter oh, 35 hey. of The Good Place. This is going to be a big one. So join us next Monday to talk about that. And if you need more Zach and Steven before then, you can always find it over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast where you can get our live weekly you can't disappoint show you can hear the beginning of the gooby story on today's you can't disappoint show i very decidedly did not let steven know what it was until i Mm -mm. showed it on this podcast i think it was a great payoff so see the start of it on this week's pre-show on the patreon yeah see the gooby build up Along with our That 70s Show rewatch podcast, The Basement, early access of this show every week. You could already listen to us talk about Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By before it comes out. And you can get Brokeback Bebop before it comes out for free, which you should be listening to for free if you haven't been already. Patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. Steven, 
Outside of that, where, where can the people find us? If you want to stuff us full of something and stiffen us up Please and do. throw us in the middle of your living room and tell everyone that walks in your house about us and make them touch us a little bit, go follow or us over at Twitter and Instagram. They touch us over a lot. at Time Knife Pod. That's where oh. all the action is. Get in on when we're recording, what Some we're recording, uh-huh. when to write in, send us memes, whatever. X, Twitter. We're not on threads, though. No, maybe we should be. And I keep saying I need to put some effort into joining TikTok or something. But until then, you can always find us here. And speaking of here, Stephen, why don't you get us out of it? From inside the time knife, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. And for Lava Girl Taylor Dooley, I'm Stephen. We love you very much. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Dooley, 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 Dooley. Two hours and eight minutes on the audacity. What are we? A couple of lesbians having sex? Hey, oh,